0: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Labine. Only on the BetQL Network.
1: Well, if you like combat sports and you like making a little money, you've come to the right place. It's tapped out. BetQL Network. Maybe you're checking us out on YouTube on the Odyssey app. We appreciate it. That's Brendan Tobin with my producer, Jake Noaker. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And this UFC 294 card, it started off good. Then they put it in a blender, completely shook it up. And now I think it's great. The main event, Islam Makachev, a minus 250 favorite at BetMGM versus Alexander Volkanovsky at plus 190. I'm licking my lips thinking I can get two-to-one money on Volkanovsky, and I think he won the first time around. We'll get to that. Let me welcome in Brendan Tobin, UFC 294. Before we talk about the card and how we're going to bet it, do you agree that now we actually got a better card than we started with? Oh, yeah,
2: not even close. I mean, you're talking about, you know, two – guys in in Hamza Shemaev and Islam Makachev, who are, you know, two of the bright young stars getting the chance to go up instead of, you know, two, you know, Charles Oliveira is a former champ, but he's going in right now against the guy who's maybe regarded as the best pound for pound fighter, gave him his best fight of his career. Uh so that's just a better challenge because, you know, you and I got into this with the Olivera fight. Like I know you had belief in on in 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 Olivera, and I'm not saying you're wrong or right, but you know it's hard to sell a rematch when a guy got dealt with that easily. When you're just going on, hey, look at his resume. This is a you could actually show. Hey, this is a classic. We throw this up on UFC YouTube. You guys go watch the fight. See how close it was. It was controversial. Uh, it almost is a little bit criminal. It doesn't have the buildup that it probably deserves, but it's right. for sure a better fight. And then with Hamzat. Yeah, the Paolo Costa fight would have been a great test for him because you just want to know what he is at welterweight. So there's still going to be some there, – there's still some questions about that because he's not taking on a true welterweight. But if you want to go resume for resume, I mean, there's not many guys in the promotion that have Kamara Usman's resume. And so for him to do this on short notice and, – and also just for the guys of those stature, for Volkanovski and Usman to do this on 12 days notice, 11 days notice – is just so incredible it just speaks to you know the the heart of those guys how great they are and that they're always looking for tough challenges so i i'm, I'm super excited for this, sean this is this is awesome and way better than what we had
1: last week you're right ballsy is the word that, that comes to mind because it's easy to say oh well there's nothing to lose yeah there is if alexander volkanovsky goes out there and loses back-to-back fights to islam he's probably not going to get another shot like he said so you can call it a must win you can say that it messes with his resume or whatever same thing with the uzman coming off of back-to-back losses at some point you gotta win if you think you're going to get a chance to fight for a championship belt again how much do you think the odds because i'm looking at him right now volkanovski plus 190 he's an underdog against islam uzman's an underdog also against hamzad jamaev which is a big surprise to me i would have thought that fight was just a classic pick em. Right now, bet MGM, you can get Usman at plus 225. How much do you think both those guys are underdogs just because they took the fights on short notice? Like, if we got full camps, we'd be looking at completely different odds, right?
2: It's interesting. The Volkanovski fight, I think, is, is pretty fair on just short notice because the last fight was close. I do think that if it was a full camp, that'd probably be closer to pick him. The, the Kamar Usman, there's been a lot of movement with the money going on Shemaya because that those odds were not that lopsided last week when this was first announced. So it was almost there's a, up, a lot but, of uh,
1: Usman was yeah. like a he was an underdog but barely and now he's like a huge dog.
2: Yeah, that speaks to me not only just short notice but you know there's I think been a, some drum beats to people thinking that either Kamaru's was washed or he's past his prime or this is too big of a size discrepancy well, so Hamza, I think there's a lot of food. or there's a lot of people who believe in Hamza totally fair so I think that there's a lot more factors in the Usman line moving the way that it has towards him as a dog than there is with with Volkanovski which I would say yeah is probably just the short notice
1: otherwise it would be a closer line all right, let's talk about some of these other fights and then we'll spend a nice little spotlight on those two main ones because they're just too good not to. Magomed Ankalaev 350 favorite against Johnny Walker on this card at plus 275. That's that's a nice little uh, setup before we get the co main and the main event. I love watching Johnny Walker fight, I love making money on that guy. And I'm a little bit surprised that he's coming off close to a three to one underdog right now at Bet MGM. Now, I get it. I get it. Magomed Ankalaev is an absolute monster. But here's the thing about Johnny Walker. When he's good, he's incredible. We've seen 30-second knockouts. We've seen highlight finishes. We've seen decision finishes where he just guts it out. Johnny Walker can be great. He can also be terrible. It's called gambling. I think I'm going to put money on him again. What say you?
2: Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting one for sure because you have basically the ultimate flash fighter in Johnny Walker versus... Magomed Ankalaev, who really doesn't have a weakness, and it's funny. It's not. It's almost like he's not just fighting Johnny Walker in this. He's fighting the fans because it's like, do you guys want to watch this guy? Because typically, when a guy is this dominant, doesn't have holes. Uh, usually, you know, that guy will find himself at the top when he's been in the UFC as long as he has. And it just kind of feels like as Magomed has gotten closer to the heightened status the further away people have gone from caring about him because it just hasn't been that interesting. You have the, uh, the boss who got very upset with his last performance uh, so much so that basically punted on his number one, the number one contendership of the fight with the division. That's chaotic because there's a lot of guys injured at the top and and the champs have been getting knocked off like flies, but it's, Definitely a lot more interesting than it was a couple years ago when Johnny Walker was kind of busting onto the stage as, hey, this could be the guy that takes out John Jones. This is the next guy. And it's really taken him a while to get back to here where if he gets a win over Ankaliev, you would say Johnny Walker's probably all the way back. But it's a big task for him because Ankaliev, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses and, and probably has more ways to go win this fight than Johnny Walker does. So
1: I'm understanding of why Walker's such a dog. I just don't know if I'm willing to lay down that minus 350 to get the 100 back. Johnny Walker, I put down 100. I collect 275. And I mean, it's just more fun to bet on Johnny Walker. Like you said, Ankaliev, he's great, but he also kind of sucks to watch fight. All right, Ikram, Alaskarov, minus 650 against Worley Alves at plus 450. That might be one that I'm going to put the money down on the favorite, only because I'm not a huge believer these days in Worley Alves.
2: Yeah, and alaskaro I mean, like, listen, his only losses to you know, Hamzat Shaimayev, like way back when. Not so right. he's been on a hell of a roll, you know, and feels very much like for Warley, like, hey, here we have dangerous Dagestani dude. You're getting showcased against.
1: Enjoy that. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna get beat up. Probably done in one. I think you get pretty good money on. Oh, never mind. You can only get even money on that fight to be finished in one. This is a lot of vowels on this fight. This is a Scrabble spectacular, right? The triple word score. We've got an Alaskarov. We've got an Ankalayev. We've got a Makachev. We've got a Chimaev, a Volkanovsky. And let me raise you a Mohamed Makaev, minus 450, a favorite against Tim Elliott, plus 340. Lots of big favorites and big underdogs on this card. Can I talk you into a plus 340 on Tim Elliott? No no i mean
2: I, I i can't i can't get with you on that one i mean uh has uh been a beast and uh you know tim elliott's certainly been around and has the experience on it but uh, i mean i think muhammad's gonna get this one done dude
1: all right let's work our way back up to the co-main in the main event and spend a few minutes on these hamzad of at Bet mgm right now minus 275 kamaru uzman steps in on a short notice less than two weeks for the eraser paulo costa so Do you have more questions coming up on Saturday night about Chemayev and what he's going to look like or Uzman, what he's going to look like? Man, that's a good question.
2: I have more questions about Chemayev just because I feel like in general there's a lot more mystery surrounding him. Um, I am not this guy who buys into Kamaro's falling off a cliff. I mean, he had a terrible ending to his first fight with Leon Edwards and Leon Edwards got the best of him one time around, but Leon Edwards I think is really good. I, I, I don't think that he's, he's uh, he's fallen off a cliff um, with Chamayev. It's just a question of like, all right, how does it, it just feels like there's been a lot of turmoil ever since he rose to superstardom, right? Like he gets off fight Island and then it's like, all right, Let's see what fight he's going to be in. Oh, maybe he's going to retire because he has bad COVID. Then he has the fight with Gilbert Burns. All right, he's back. His stock is high. He got through some adversity. Then, like, he just gives middle fingers to the scale, and he beats a Kevin Holland who's tailor-made for him. This is a completely different opponent. Now he's going to a new weight class. We thought that he was going to take on a real middleweight. No, he's going to take on one of the welterweight goats. So what does that mean for this matchup strength-wise? How is Usman going to look at middleweight? I just feel like there's a lot more mystery surrounding hamzat whereas with usman i think the only question is hey yes he's going up in weight class he's obviously got the better pedigree what does a Kamar Usman? how do his talents translate up a, a weight class i think that he's going to be okay it's not like he's never been in an octagon with middleweights before i'm sure he's trained with a bunch and uh and also as an aside like he wasn't in denver when he took the call he was in south florida with Gilbert Burns, who probably had more success against Hamzat than anybody else. So, there's a there's a good resource there as far as what is this going to be like.
1: Even if it is not a full camp, you can get some good intel. It's a great point. The, the thing I hold against him the most, not even missing weight, is not fighting Nate Diaz. Like, I just wanted to see that fight. So, I'm a little bit pissed off that I didn't get that on my television set. Uh, I think the dust settles, though, for everything that you just said. Like, I think after this fight, if Usman wins, then he goes back to being the respected top two or three ever at his weight class. I think it's fair to say. And I think that if Hamzad wins, then everything was validated for the last couple of years when he was built up. Like, I think the winner of this has everything to gain and the is kind of in a weird spot.
2: Um, I think that Camaro's certainly going to be in a weird spot because, you know, he's got the two losses to Leon. If Colby ends up beating Leon, then obviously that opens things back up, and I think he'll be okay. You could go back to that rivalry. He's got – then he would have two wins over the champions, and it's a great rivalry. Um, but as it stands, yes, he's in a weird spot. With Hamza, if Hamza loses to Kamaro Usman, he's, I think, in the worst spot because where does he go then? You basically just lost to the former welterweight champion – on your maiden voyage in this weight class. Um, so I, I think that there's a little bit, there's a lot more pressure for me. I think there's a lot more pressure on Hamzat in this fight than there is Usman. Plus, Usman's doing this on short notice. I think that you, he's got to get some some brownie points for that against a guy that he's been wanting to fight, either his old weight class or called for it at one point at middleweight. So I think that uh, that Usman has less pressure on this one than than, than Hamzat
1: does. We'll break down the card from every angle with our friend Marcel Dorf, Big Marcel coming up a little bit later on in the show. We'll also give you some news and notes coming up here in a little while. And then before we get out of here, our best, best method of the madness, that is, how we're going to bet these fights. We'll make some money together right here on Tapped Out.
0: Back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine
1: on the BetQL Network. Tapped Out rolling along on your radio or YouTube or the Odyssey app. However, you got us, we appreciate it. Brendan Tobin, me, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, and we welcome in friend of the show. He is Big Marcel Marcel Dorf. You can follow him on X at Big Marcel. 24 so we were talking a little bit off air about ufc 294 marcel and it was supposed to be a really good card right we were going to see islam versus oliveira part two we were going to see hamzad Jamaya versus paulo costa and now we got islam versus oliveira we got hamzad versus uzman do do you think we got a like did this work out in our favor as fans i think it's a better card Yeah, by the way, thanks for having me on again. Always fun with you guys.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I love this car, man. I think uh, the only thing that you have to take mention is that both guys stepping in on pretty much late notice, you know, only like 10, 9 days preparation. So that's maybe a thing, but I like the matchups better as well. You know, it's like uh, for, for Islam, the most difficult fight probably is Volk. So that's a fun one, you know. And with Kamaru Usman's wrestling against Chimaev, yeah, it's, it's definitely something more intriguing to me than it would have been with Costa Chimaev, at least in my opinion. I know a lot of people differ on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's a more fun card now.
2: How much do you think uh, Islam has to look at this, Marcel, and just be like, crap, the whole entire plan has to change because it's a guy – who was within minutes of maybe beating me versus a guy that I diced through. Like, how how much more does his attention have to pick up for this matchup?
3: Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, uh, it's, it's a whole different opponent, of course, you know. Um, you see what Volkanovski could, could do last time. The thing is, man, there are so many things that, that come and play, man. Now, last time and that's what islam say you know he's like i had a bad weight cut and, and all the thing i had to go to perth it was difficult for me i guessed out you know he won now it's more it, it's not at home it's not russia it's not a, it's it's not a russia but it's still kind of a home turf you know uh defense will be on his side um it's his part of the world pretty much you know volk has a short notice thing right now so it's everything to take a mention and But I still feel like, you know, I I think Volk is a very difficult opponent. But he's a very difficult opponent for anybody in the UFC. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I definitely think that that's more difficult, you know. But I feel like... I feel like Islam is well-trained. So we'll see a good fight, I'm pretty sure. The only thing that, that I keep in mention is that it's a short-notice fight for Volk. And I still think it's really cool that he took the fight, definitely for the fans, you know, uh, to watch this fight. But in my opinion, that fight would always be there, you know. That fight would have been there next year as well, I think, for Volk, you know. He thinks differently. He's like, what well, if Islam fights Charles, you know, and after he beats Charles, he maybe goes to welterweight, and then I have nothing, you know. But yeah, I mean... I still think, I still think that fight would have been there. And now it's like Volk pretty much has to win this fight, otherwise he's pretty much done for now at lightweight. You know what I mean? As long as Islam is champion, he probably not get the third chance. Yeah, maybe he gets down the line, but 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 not for for now. You know? So it's a tricky fight for him. He can it can be like amazing, crazy. He can double champ. You know what I mean? But it also can be like you're now stuck at featherweight pretty much. So we'll see how it goes.
1: The first time they fought Volkanovski was a huge underdog and both BT and myself unloaded the bank account. We were like, what? Four to one, five to one, that's too good to be true. I'm going to do it again. Right now at BetMGM, Volkanovski's like a two to one underdog. Who you you bet your money on on Saturday night? And are you surprised that Volkanovski's a two to one underdog only because we saw this fight happen and both BT and I think that Volk won the first time around.
3: Okay, yeah. I don't agree with that with that statement. I think that that uh Makashev won three of the five rounds, but I can see people pay- giving okay, three rounds to full. We'll yeah, it was well. close. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um the the thing is like um I think the short notice thing comes in play here. You know, if, if everybody would get a full camp, I don't think it would be a two to one favorite, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Or two to one on I mean that that's pretty much it, I think. And uh it would have been more of a pick and I would say if it was a full camp. And uh, maybe Absolutely. people would even go more to the Volkanovsky side because of that. They saw that four, fifth round, you know, because he was still That's on right. and Makashev was kind of gassing. So it's, um, I understand the line. But the thing is, like, it is a tricky one, you know, because we know Volk always comes prepared. But this is extreme one. This is an extreme one with 10 days preparation, comes back from a hand injury, you know, dude, if he pulls this off, he's a like, uh, am oh, sorry, I don't know if I can say that. If he's an African legend, absolutely. So, okay, he's he's a legend if he does it. You
1: know,
3: <laughs> that's the beauty of
2: not so doing sad. this on Saturday nights anymore, uh, Sean. We can <laughs> we can let loose a little bit.
1: Let it Hi. roll, man. Let it roll. By the way, Marcel, you didn't answer my question. Who's your money going on? Because you were kind of talking about both oh. sides of your mouth there. Who you put your money on? Yeah,
3: sorry. Yeah, I'm, I, I Listen, man, I'm I'm a, I'm a safe punk. You know, I, I'm going with Makashev here. I I. There is too many things that doesn't go his way, man. It's it's an Abu Dhabi. Uh, he got a full camp. I know he also has the opponent's switch but he got a full camp. Volk comes off an injury, you know. Another full camp, short notice. Volk has has to win pretty much for dot going 0-2 against Makachev officially, you know. So there is too much going against him. And maybe that's... Even more a reason to go with him, you know, because if everything goes against you, you can win here, maybe, you know. But for me, I would say Makachev wins the fight. But um, yeah, that that that's why I would put my money on. But uh, guys, like I always say, don't listen to me. Uh, I've been wrong so many times. <laughs> 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 can't go
2: like, come on, dude. This this has been one of the craziest years as far as belts changing. We've all been super wrong a lot. Uh, with how many different <laughs> champions they are you know and one of the crazy yeah. things is dude I can't believe I'm looking at a fight and seeing Kamaru Usman as an underdog like I'm not saying people are wrong or not it's just weird to see that Kamaru Usman is in that kind of position right now he also stepping up in weight class this is a matchup we thought maybe we get at welterweight before Hamzat's weirdness with not wanting to make <laughs> welterweight anymore so What do you make of this matchup, dude? This is, you know, Kamaru Usman, one of the the best welterweights of all time, stepping up, short notice. Do you think he can get this done?
3: Bro, how crazy is it that Kamaru asked for this fight half a year ago to Dana at 185, and Dana was like, no, no, it's not a good idea to fight Kamsa at 185. And now they need somebody, and Kamaru is like, give me that fight. And they're like, okay, you can have the fight. You know, you can save the event here. So we're cool with it now. But listen, man, the thing is also Kamsad is also going to 185. You know, I, I know he didn't make, wait for the Holland fight. He learned last time out. You know, but he's also going to 185. It's it's a it's, it's a difficult one. You know, if you if you look at the pictures, man, I I, I always go to Getty and, and like compare the pictures. Usman looks like four years younger on the on the most recent pictures. It looks super weird. He looks super. Uh, how do you say that? He looks uh, really uh, in form. You know, and yeah. It's so difficult because if you look at Kamsat, Kamsat is so good with his wrestling, but we know Usman is also good with his wrestling. So it's a really fun matchup, I think. Um, We'll see. We know a lot more after the first minute, I think. You know, we know a lot more after the first minute. And I know you guys obviously want me to say what I think now, but it's really difficult, you know? Yeah.
2: I just want to, uh, Marcel, from your standpoint, what are the things about Hamzat you're most interested in? Because I still feel like there's so much mystery around him. You know, like this is a guy that, like burst on the scene fighting all the time. You know, we got like the Gilbert Burns fight, which was a great test for him. Then you mentioned the Holland thing with the weight was, was missed, but like, I still feel like for a guy we all think is got. All the talent in the world, there's still so much mystery surrounding him. So, I guess, what are the things you're most interested in about learning about Hamza in a matchup like this?
3: Yeah, I want to see if he has some adversity in this fight, it can that he, that he can deal with it. Like in the Burns fight, he had some adversity in that second round, you know. I think Burns even knocked him down there. Um, and, and he, came, he came around, but Burns is a different fighter than Kamaru, you know. Burns is more of a jiu jitsu guy. And Kamaru is the more of a wrestling kind of guy type of style, you know, more like Kamzat himself. So it's like it's so difficult to, to compare because you know if if you see who Kamzat beat, I like like the only real real opponent he had was Burns, you know, and you can say Lee Jing Liang, yeah. Lee Jing Liang is a good fighter and Kevin Holland is as well. But I don't see those two as championship material, you know, at least that's my opinion. Maybe people are gonna hit me over the hat now that I say Kevin Holland is <laughs> not championship material. But I mean that's how I see it, you know, and with Burns, uh you finally saw Kamzat getting tagged. And even Kamzat was surprised that he got tagged. He was like, dude, what the hell is happening here? You know, <laughs> that, that this 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 little Brazilian guy is knocking me down. What, what, what the hell? And I can't put him away in the first round. So but he came through it. he, he won that third round as so slightly, you know. So yeah, I want to see what he does against Camaru. I think Kamaru can give him a difficult fight, but at the same time, I feel like Kamzat is so strong. I, I think he can he can if he can win this fight. It's very possible. I think he maybe can even finish it, man. So strong, I think, of is. And maybe that's crazy, but that's the way I feel. And the thing is, out is still going to to reach that prime. And I think Kamaru has reached that prime. And I don't think Kamaru is getting better. And I don't say he's getting worse, but I think he is at a certain position right now and a certain moment in his career that he doesn't get any more, a lot of better, but he's still world-class. You know what I mean? So it's very fun to see where those two, now meeting each other, where those two are
1: I agree he's at a plateau right now. I don't think he's going up or down with Usman, but I yeah. think this is this is a great test for him coming up on Saturday night against Hamzad Jamaya if we got a couple of minutes left with Marcel Dorf at Big Marcel 24 if you want to follow him on X one of our favorite guests here on tapped out. do you think whoever ends up winning this fight the next fight for that guy is for the belt?
3: Yeah, I mean, Dana confirmed it, so it's it's like that. I, I think Rikis got screwed here. That's my opinion, you know? Right. I know many people... Yeah, I mean, Dana's just upset that he didn't fall in, in Sydney while he was injured, you know? I mean, what do you want? Do you want a situation where Sterling fought TJ Dillashaw where TJ was injured? You know, do you want that exactly. situation? Yeah, I mean it's also for that guy, it's a huge opportunity to fight for a title and you don't want to fight injured for a title, you know? So I understand from the UFC's point of view, they they absolutely want Kamzad as a champion, let's be honest. He's super popular, you know? It's, it's, like, it's like Sean O'Malley. He's also super popular, you know? They love these kind of champions who are super popular, easy to sell, you know? So they want Kamzad as a champion. And Kamaru, as a former welterweight champion was, in my opinion, the second best welterweight champion of all time, if it comes to credentials, what he made so far in the UFC, you know, and to get him to middleweight and fight for a title there. And it is fun as well, because he already fought Sean Strickland years ago at welterweight. So we would get a rematch there if he wins against Hamza. So there's a lot of options for the USA. And we would have thought, man, after, uh, if you go one year back, we would have thought that the UFC had so many options at middleweight. You know, it was pretty much Israel, Alex, and uh, Robert was hoping to get a third shot at Israel. You know, so, yeah.
1: Very interesting times we, right now for the UFC. You mentioned the champions with Sean Strickland and Sean O'Malley. If they get Hamza out as a champion, I don't think anybody really thought that could have happened. BT, why don't you get one more and then we'll get out of here?
2: Just wanted to get your thoughts before we get you out of here, Marcel uh, Ankali versus Johnny Walker, Flash versus you know basically a guy who is uh, you know meat and potatoes. Who do you uh, who do you like this matchup?
3: Man, I always get. It on my own podcast and, and the Dutch podcast, because I'm a massive Ankaliev fan, you know? And the thing with Ankaliev is that lately in the UFC, he's been in too many boring fights, you know? So many people are saying, this dude is a boring guy. Before he was in those boring fights, he knocked people out. He was fun to watch, you know? But along the time that he fought the better opposition, he got a more boring fights, you know what I mean? And the thing is with Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker is a guy who either wins super flashy or lose super flashy. But on the other side, he's getting more serious, you know, and he can also win unanimous decisions now. I don't think he wins a unanimous decision against Ankalaev. If Johnny wins, he has to knock him out, I think, you know. But honestly, I think Ankalaev uh, takes him down, probably pounds him out in the second round. That's pretty much how I see it. If Johnny does it, if he wins against Ankalaev, in my opinion, that's a huge win. Because in my opinion, Ankalaev is along with the URIs, in the, on the top in the, in the division. Only the UFC doesn't like to do it because that's why he gets screwed and gets Walker right now. Because if he beats Walker, he still hasn't got the title shot. Believe me, man. They they, they are letting Yuri fight Alex. And probably when Jamal comes back, Jamal fights these two, you know? So, Ankalayev is pretty much getting screwed by the UFC. So, uh, But I, I, I like the guy a lot. But um, I understand that a lot of people are like, we saw his last three, four i like, dude, I have to watch this guy again. You know, but uh, I think he's super good. So,
1: (laughs) Boys, we're going to get a lot of questions answered coming up on Saturday night, right? Like, I have my questions now about Islam because I thought Volk won the first time around. You mentioned Johnny Walker. We're always wondering how good he really is because when he's good, he's great. But also, we've seen him get knocked out in some real, real crazy fashions. And then you talk about, you know, Hamzad Chemaev how is he, is he the monster that we think he is is Kamaru Uzman still at his prime Marcel we got to get you back on man because that went way too fast Marcel Dorf at big Marcel 24 joining us on tapped out take care man have have fun enjoy the fights
3: thanks so much guys same to you and always fun to come on here and whenever you want me back let me know thank you guys
0: We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetUL Network.
1: Welcome back into Tapped Out. As always, produced by Jake Noaker. That man with those beautiful emerald eyes. That is Brendan Tobin. Me, I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's get into some fight news and notes here. Logan Paul. Did you watch these fights, by the way? Because I know you're going to roll your eyes as soon as I talk about Logan Paul and Tommy Fury and KSI. Did you watch the Logan Paul-Dylan Danis fight? Be honest. Your microphone's off.
2: I will be honest. Um, I just needed time to gather myself. I (laughs) tried to pirate feed it. I watched like 30 seconds of it. This was terrible. Then the pirate feed cut out, and I was like, you know what it's for the best i'm not i'm not gonna that, search
1: for a second one who cares you don't have to be a religious man to know that that's something from up above when it cuts out that means it's not meant to be so that's it's kind so of what happened to me also it just it wasn't working and then i because i didn't have any money on it logan paul uh ended up taking out dylan danis i guess it finished by dq it got a little bit crazy if you didn't see the fight kind of expected. i saw yeah i saw
2: the ending I saw the ending on yeah. Twitter. It was stupid. Like Dylan Dennis tried to throw him in a guillotine and then all hell broke loose and security guards went into the ring. It was stupid. I don't know. Question,
1: though. How much? Well, I guess not yeah. a serious question, but just a question. How much longer do, is the Logan Paul, Jake Paul schtick going to last in combat sports? Because now these guys are really spreading their wings, right? Like, and I'm talking yeah. about just in the world of combat. I'm not talking about what their products and all that, which they're doing a good job and they're keeping their name out there. But Logan Paul with the WWE and now he's doing the fight versus Dylan Dennis and his brother is doing all these things and mm-hmm. talking about crossover fighting. I hate to say it. I don't think it's going anywhere. I'm sick of it, but I don't think it's going anywhere.
2: I mean, I've kind of been on this train a little bit with the Jake Paul thing because they announced this week Jake Paul is returning in December and they don't have an opponent for him. I'm like, I don't even know who really makes who makes sense? Like, he's lost to the only boxer that he fought, the guy who just basically almost lost to KSI. So that's the boxer he lost. So we know he can't box, all right? We know he can beat old UFC guys, kind of. Uh, but they're very close fights, and he's got one, like, haymaker on uh, on on Tyron Woodley, and he's knocked out Ben Askren. But, I don't know, maybe Mosfidal. Like, that's kind of, like, the only one that maybe makes sense. But again it's kind of going to the same well of like okay if he beats masvidal who cares he's beaten a bunch of old ufc guys he's not as embarrassing of a boxer as we thought he was but he's also not good and he's like I, i'm gonna be world champion it's like no you're not so i don't really understand what the point of this is. logan paul's a terrible boxer he's got muscles that are way too big he can't even lift his his arms above to block his face and he took on a jujitsu guy who's more famous for tweeting than he is fighting He's literally just Conor McGregor's friend. He's had a Bellator contract forever. He never fights in Bellator. He's had the longest knee recovery I've ever heard of. So yeah, I don't I don't know, man. My point is this stuff is terrible. Watch real boxing and this stuff sucks.
1: I have a, I think I have the name for you, though. As you were talking there, talking about how much it sucked and we're losing interest, but they're not going anywhere. I think I have the name for you. I also think you're gonna laugh at me and shoot it down. Why doesn't he fight Mike Tyson? That draw such a big number. And honestly, off the top of my head, as a guy who likes to put odds out before I actually see him, I'm not even sure, like, who would really be favored in the fight. I'm probably missing something here. Why don't those dudes fight each other?
2: Who cares? He's old, dude. Like, really? wh- like why, are we, why are we making 54-year-olds go box, juiced up I is, really, is he 54? Don't I, maybe more than that. I'm not sure, but yeah, the point is he's old. He's, he's old, he had good. his he had his great comeback against Roy Jones. It was a fun comeback where he was Mike Tyson. Kind of looked he like looked Mike awesome. Tyson. That's that's really where Jake Paul's launch happened. Fifty seven, according to Jake. That's really where his that's that's really where Jake Paul's launch happened because he knocked out Nate Robinson on that card. But dude, it's like it's just bad. I'm sorry, as a guy who likes boxing. And you watch it you're just like this this is so terrible it's not good it's not enjoyable i honestly think it would be more fun if they were in mma if they were doing charity mma fights i think it'd be more entertaining but like if you do you know it's just the fight it's mma guys and non-boxers stepping into boxing it's just not an enjoyable product to watch man so i uh i am glad that that pirate feed cut out um I don't even understand what this means like there is what can I ask a question why does Logan Paul need security against Dylan Dennis if you just were in a ring for him for nine rounds because he threw a guillotine on you like and missed so why did security need to step in like it all just seems very
1: fake the whole thing was a little weird like maybe let's just make a viral moment 26 years old Jake Paul I don't know man you tell me there's a 31-year age gap between these two guys and put them off as a pick them on BetMGM. I'm watching, but maybe you're not. All right, I know you you're going to be so sad
2: me. watching it, though, dude. You're going to be so sad watching uh, this this bout between Jake Paul and Mike Tyson. I mean, it's what if like... Mike
1: Tyson knocks his ass out? Then you're going to be sad you didn't watch it. I'm going to have to text you and be like, I told you, bro. I'll see it on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. I can't even talk about the rest of these fake fights. So, let's move on. Did you see the picture of Paolo Costa's staff infection?
2: Oh, terrible. Yeah, really gross. Terrible. The dude. fact that he was
1: I, I... Go ahead.
2: No, just staff is gross, dude. Like it's uh, you know, it's just the it's it's gross to see what happens on these dirty gyms and I feel bad for him uh because uh look, you know, he's a handsome man. You don't want to see that uh, that kind of freakazoid stuff on his arm.
1: He really is. You ever had a staff infection? no athletes foot you oh of course no yeah well i have had athletes foot never had that strep throat covid had your tonsils removed all right we move on i'm sure I I had covid but i never tested positive is that right i think you're the last person on earth that's brendan tobin on the sports machine sean levine talking a little fighting and maybe giving you a little medical advice here on tapped out um last saturday night edson barbosa by unanimous decision over Super Sadiq Youssef. I love Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa might be, like, one of my top ten favorite all-time fighters to watch. You want to talk about just a highlight reel that probably doesn't get mentioned enough? That man is Edson Barbosa.
2: He's just a great dude, too. Um, You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like, you know, the, the thing that's great about this sport is you don't necessarily have to be champion to be beloved. And I think that, you know, he is beloved. He was going down a a tough path there for a little bit with some tough losses. And now he's on a, he's taking out a couple of uh, younger guys who are trying to make their name. And he's saying, not so fast, man. I'm, I
1: still got a little bit left in the tank. So I was happy about that. Who do you think is the most beloved non-champion? A guy that was like super hyped and popular, maybe could even fight in main events, but never had the belt. Nate Diaz? Cowboy?
2: Yeah, you're naming the guys. Uriah Faber, even though he's in WEC, but as far as UFC belt, yeah, he never had a UFC belt, did he? Yeah, so you're in the you're in the realm there. I think I think Derek Lewis is in there too. I think Derek Lewis is of, of more modern era is really really popular despite never having the belt.
1: Love the Black Beast. Are we counting Masvidal's never having a belt? Or are we considering the BMF as a real? Yeah,
2: belt? Masvidal is a champion. No, no, Masvidal. Masvidal is one of those two. I know he's gotten more polarizing as his career's gone on for some reason. But I've, I mean, you guys know, like I, I think he's he's great and has always been an entertaining
1: fighter. You want entertainment? How about this one? Just got announced, hot off the press, bare knuckle fighting, Mike Perry versus Eddie. Alvarez you're gonna watch that one if I can't get you to watch Mike Tyson Jake Paul if it ever happens tell me with no gloves you're willing to watch Mike Perry fight Eddie Alvarez that's sick Mike uh
2: Mike Perry is great for the sport of bare knuckle he's perfectly made for it Eddie Alvarez uh that's a fun opponent for sure I love the the fact that they get a lot of uh these former UFC guys and and get them together I think it's great for that sport because it's an entertaining sport um I favor Mike Perry as a former uh, official voter of the bare knuckle rankings. I think that he is uh he's tailor made for this. The one thing I feel bad for though, I have a guy down here, Luis Baboon Palomino who is uh, a two division champion and he has yet to lose in this. He seems to keep getting passed over for a guy who's been like an OG of their promotion. He doesn't get to be in any of the big matchups with any of these you know mercenaries that they bring in, and so I've I interviewed him recently, and he was like, I don't. How come I don't get Mike Perry? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I think you know, he just because it's crazy. He was a guy whose MMA career was done, and now he just he can't be beaten the sport. He's so good at bare knuckle.
1: So I feel bad for my guy Baboon. Who do you think has more love for South Florida, you or Rick Ross or Pitbull? I mean, you know,
2: Rick Ross is living in Georgia on a farm now, dude. I'm down here every day.
1: Is he really? What happened to Baka? Yeah. Disappointing.
2: No, dude. Disappointing. He owns a he owns a giant a giant farm in Georgia. Does he? Wonder what they're growing on that farm.
1: Um. All right, we move on. Uh, Cody Garbrandt also fought at the UFC 296 against Brian Keller. I I loved past tense Cody Garbrandt. Now I have to watch Cody Garbrandt with one eye open because I know what's going to happen. He's going to get hit on the chin, the chin's going to crumble and he's going to get knocked out. Tell me I'm wrong. And I love Cody Garbrandt.
2: That's, yeah, I mean that that's 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 one of those guys that's interesting too because it felt like it felt like with Cody the the sky was going to be the limit. I mean, you talk about his championship performance against Dom um that that guy was going to be on top. That was the for peak. The longest that was the time. peak for sure. Yeah. And that was and that was the peak you know it's it's pretty crazy it's almost like you know and he got dragged into that whole team alpha male stuff i don't know how distracting that was for his career but it was uh it's been it's been tough to to watch some of the vicious ko's that he's taken because i really thought that guy was going to be the truth and was going to be you know one of the faces of the ufc and it's uh it's great that he's still around obviously you still have the respect they keep you around because you know that name value you're a former champion but um I'm with you. Every time that he takes a big shot, you're
1: kind of like cringing like, eh, is this going to be the one that puts him away? His tattoos are great, though. Best tattoos, I think, in the entire promotion. Was that night that he beat up Dominic Cruz the same night? Wasn't Conor on that card? Or is my memory twisting my head? Was Con- was that the same fight as Conor McGregor beating up Eddie Alvarez, maybe? Uh, anyway. It was I- UFC I- I seven. That-
2: it was a Rousey card.
1: Okay, I knew there was like another huge name on that card. I remember something happened. I remember being it at the was, bar and leaving there thinking, damn, that was a good card.
2: It was Rousey's uh return against Amanda Nunez. She obviously got killed in 48 seconds. But that's uh, one. Yeah, that was the that's that's what you're thinking of.
1: That's that's the one, and you so are you. That's Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean the coming up next. We wrap things up and we give out our official bets. Let's make some money. UFC 294, the card has been completely turned around, but there's one fight that I feel so strong about. Guaranteed winners coming up next. Keep it right here on Tapped Out.
0: back with more tapped out with brendan tobin and sean levine on the betql
1: network all right time to tap out here on the betql network on the odyssey app on youtube however you got us we appreciate it Kind of make some money our official predictions the method of the madness for ufc 294 on saturday night one fight boys that we haven't spent any time on Trevor Peak, who's one of the most exciting fighters in the promotion, minus 155 against Muhammad Yaya at plus 125. Let's start with you, producer Jake. You got to be a Trevor Peek guy, right?
4: Oh, dude, the way he throws the the hammer fist while he's standing. Yeah, I love Trevor Peek. He's tick. getting that knockout
2: 100%. BT. Yeah, I can't wait to see it, man. I'm looking forward to the show and this uh, showcase. This is like kind of what the whole card is made of. A lot of guys getting their chance to showcase and prove a lot of people.
1: And a lot of knockouts. And you're going to be surprised because I'm going to give you like a lot of knockouts coming up. I'm going to give you my official predictions a little bit later on. I'm with you, Jake. I think Peek ends up knocking them out. Give it to me. In the second round. All right, let's talk about the three best car, the best fights on the card. Magomed Ankaliyev, a huge favorite, minus three fifty against Johnny Walker. BT, Johnny Walker is just such a tough guy, both not to bet on and to bet on. Right? He does the walkout. He starts shaking those hips. He wins the fight. He does the worm. He cracks a joke. He's just a fun dude. But then again, when he gets knocked out. It is unbelievably highlight worthy. You know what I mean? Like Johnny Walker has been bent up like a pretzel two or three different times where I had to go home and be like, did I see that right? What happens on Saturday night? You can get Johnny Walker at plus 275 unless you're willing to pay minus 350 for Magomed Ankalaev. Where's your money going?
2: I'm not willing to pay the minus 350 but I like him by decision which is like 2 to 1 in most places for Magomed Ankalaev. I think that's the safe bet. It's the boring bet. I understand. Guess what? He's a boring fighter and that's how he boringly wins. So I'm going to go with Magomed Ankalaev. Uh it's not going to be sexy which is when Johnny Walker comes to the ring where he's making love to the camera and making your TV <laughs> pregnant but uh Magomed Ankalaev is gonna do Magomed Ankalaev things. Uh our guy Marcel Dorf uh convinced me he's a big uh, Ankalaev guy, and I think he gets a by decision. So you get that like two to one. It's a much better price.
1: Jake, can I talk you into Johnny Walker on the underdog money?
4: No, you can't, but I'll still hear your pitch after I give mine. Uh I'm all over Ankalaev here. He haven't haven't seen him fought since Jan Bohovic, uh, which was a an odd fight, right? A draw. Many opportunities to find the finish, and he seemingly chose not to. So I think with that being said, Ankalaev's going to come in here a lot more aggressive, a lot more hungry, and do exactly like you were just saying. He's going to fold Walker like a pretzel. And on BetMGM, you can get him to win by submission or knockout at minus 115. So give me Ankalaev to finish inside the distance.
1: So basically, even money either way if Ankalaev gets the finish on Saturday night. Hear me out, boys. and I'm going to make my Johnny Walker argument, and I'm not trying to talk you into it. I think I'm trying to talk myself into it. Remember how good he was at the beginning of his career. Now you could say, yeah, he was fighting guys like Nisha Sherkonov and Khalil Roundtree, whatever. Like, not he was fighting like a few levels down from champions or future champions, but they were names, and he was taking care of them. And then he lost a few, right? It was four out of five, and then he got hurt along the way, and it was like, all right, maybe Johnny Walker's not that guy. The promotion turned him into. They made him a main event fighter, a couple of fight nights, and all that. Since then. In his last three fights, beat Kutalaba, he's a dude, beat Paul Craig, he's a Bear Jew, and took out Anthony Smith, friend of the show. I mean, that's three solid wins in a row. If you take out Magomed Ankaliyev, now people are talking about you again. I'm talking about talking about you as a future champion again. So I think Johnny Walker and his team understand how much is on the line in this fight. If he loses, he just goes back kind of in the group with a bunch of people, but if he wins... He kind of goes back to being that guy that we all thought he was at the beginning of his career. I think that he steps up to the challenge on Saturday night. And listen to me. Turn your radio up. If it's on YouTube, I'm going to give you a second because I know it's hard to find on my computer. Turn the volume up. Johnny Walker by knockout on Saturday night. He knocks out Magomed Ankaliyev. He finds his chin like pretty much nobody's been able to do. And you get plus 600 on your bet all right feeling pretty good about that one let's move our way up okay. to the okay. co event <laughs> feeling froggy excuse, excuse me excuse me you have a problem with my points on well, my bet sounds like no, you do i problem. mean
4: just interesting we'll see how it goes
1: just i just like to call it bold is what i like to call it bold like when i told you that nate the train was going to choke him out and he did at 14 to 1. i mean boys you know that i'm the king of the long shot let's not kid anybody here on the betql network when it comes to betting a five to one ten to one here on tapped out i'm your guy and i'm not done with them by the way what say you bt about hamzad chemaiev in the co-main event minus 275 against kamaru Ufman at plus 225 where's your money going
2: there's i've ever seen fight i'm not ready to be in a spot where washed or out or any of these matters i think that you know in a way i think this is going to be fun for him he's going to get the jump on hamzat being there last minute so um and with hamzat like it's just you're gonna to have to show me that chicken out grapple kamaru Usman. i don't care what the weight class is because i don't see a lot of people okay. do that um and so i am going to rock with the nigerian nightmare i'm going to take him by decision three round fight hasn't been in a three-round fight since 2018 so i think that this guy has shown he's got gas tank for days and can uh can handle that and you know is shown when he's in uh when he can you know be in a spot where it has to be on the feet he's more than capable so i like usman in this one man i i think that this is going to be a a great performance from him and i think him versus sean strickland is going to be a fun matchup because we get to have another one of his championship fights of a of an opponent he beat yeah long long ago
1: The reputation of both these guys is going to change severely after this fight on Saturday night. If Usman wins, everybody's going to go, yeah, he's still that guy. I'm sorry I ever thought that he wasn't. And if Hamzat wins, it's going to be like, oh, crap, he really is that guy everybody was talking about. Jake, who's it going to be?
4: My position has not changed since last week. I still think Hamzat's going to come in here and finish Usman. Uh, Bet MGM, same way you can get Ankalaev, you can get Hamzat Chemaev inside the distance. Minus one fifteen. That's my play. I, I I don't know. Marcel really said it best. I don't think Usman's washed. I don't think he's getting worse. I just don't think he's getting better. And with someone as hungry as Hamzat, the wolf, you need to be getting better. It's going to be new generation, old generation. I think we're going to see three in a row for uh or three losses in a row for Usman.
2: He's obviously VT. not that hungry. He's obviously not that hungry because he didn't want to go down to with welterweight. I mean, he obviously wanted to not <laughs> skip a lot of meals.
1: Well, he does have some issues when it comes to weight, one, one or the other, depending on how you look at it. Look, I think that Usman has a lot to prove coming off of back-to-back losses. I think that Hamzat is a guy that went from being super popular and super active to a guy that we have a lot of questions about. And after Saturday night, we're going to know one way or the other About the winner. The loser, there's going to be a tons of questions. But the winner, I think it's pretty clear, is on a quick path to fighting once again for a championship. You know who that man's going to be? Pause for effect. Kamaru Usman. And you know how he's going to beat him? He's going to knock his ass out. I think these boys go at it. I think these boys, and remember, that fight with Gilbert Burns, nobody expected either Gilbert to look that bad. I'm sorry, to look that good or Hamza to look, I don't want to say bad, he didn't look bad, human, I think is the best way to put it, for a guy that we consider a wolf, a monster. He looked beatable that night. I think that Usman does a lot of the same things to him. B.T. pointed out that those guys train together a lot, obviously. And In the case of Usman and Gilbert Burns, maybe he gets a tip or two, and I think he goes out there, he finds his chin. I think it takes him a couple of rounds, one round to one going into the third, and with a couple of minutes left, Kamaru Usman, the same hand that found Colby's jaw, finds Hamzad Jemaev and knocks him out. And I think that everybody goes, yep, Gamaro Uzman is back, and he's still that guy. All right, let's spend the last few minutes of the show talking about the main event. We were supposed to get Alexander Volkanovsky and Charles Oliveira Part 2, and I kept beating the drum for Charles Oliveira, and BT kept beating me up. And now I think we've actually got a better fight, Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovski BT the first time around I was just looking at this the fight went off Volk was a more than a 4 to 1 underdog and you and me and a lot of other people we just bet the odds right we just went that's too good to be true Volkanovski might be the best planner fighter on planet earth and if you're going to give me 4 to 1 odds I'll take them we saw the fight it went 5 ultimately 3 rounds to 2 in favor of Islam how do you think this one goes down where's your money going to the main event
2: Oh man, it's a tough one to pick, man. Because I mean, it was a super close fight. As much as I, yes, I do think Volk won. I, 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 I do think it was a very, very close. I have a problem that does think that Islam won that fight. Very, very tough matchup. Um, and you know, with Alexander Volkanovsky, you have to wonder. You go from this spot where you're thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to go take on Taporia in January," to no, I get this huge, huge opportunity to beat, uh, to beat Islam to become double champ to you know, maybe solidify myself as the number one pound-for-pound king on the planet over John Jones, and you would never think that anybody would get to have that title. Um, You know, it's not a great reason. It's just one of these things where, like, I just think Volk's that guy right now. He just seems to be everything he touches turns to uh, to gold because I don't think it's crazy. You know, it's it's rare to have a loss, have you risen up in the eyes of the fans even more uh, than he had. That's what it feels like for him. I mean, it doesn't feel like there's any more challenges for him at featherweight. Taporia, you know, good luck, dude, if you do take him on. But he's just – he's been steamrolling. He's just got such a confidence, uh, especially ever since that third Max Holloway fight. It feels like he's even more unbeatable. So I think that uh, he gets it done. I think it is going to – I don't think anybody gets the finish, but I think that he will will get a decision and he will end up this time uh, having the clear cut decision and uh, becoming the double champ i'm gonna go with volk
1: before we find out where producer jake's money's going on saturday night bt you mentioned max holloway so we've seen Volkanovsky in rematches before and it, it's like if i've already seen this guy i probably i'm probably gonna beat this guy the first time around which he did i'm talking about against max holloway you give it to me again i'm going to look better and i would say he did the second time around the third time he looked even better how much do you think that gives Volkanovsky an advantage in this fight that he's been there, done that before? Like, some guys would be scared, let's call it what it is, of Islam. Volkanovsky is not.
2: I, I don't – yeah, I, I don't know if there's a better fighter right now that just handles the pressure or anything right now better than him. And I do think this like, like with Islam – you know, as, as Marcel mentioned, this is kind of a home fight for him. There's a lot of pressure of the fans that he's going to be fighting in front of. There's always the weight of, hey, you're supposed to be Khabib's protege. I think you kind of heard him a little bit this week, how snippy he was getting about, oh, you know, I don't want to hear any excuses. It's like, well, you're already kind of making excuses, I guess. It, it, I don't know. It just, I think that uh, I think that Islam still has a, a lot of proven, and it's not impossible for him to do it, but Volk, it just feels like, The guy's just made for the stage right now. It feels like his kind of run of greatness. And, uh, you know, for this to kind of drop in his lap, I I just see him as the guy that's going to take advantage of that opportunity.
1: For the record, we enjoy both these guys. They both come on our show. Islam Makachev, he was great. Sitting there having lunch with Khabib. We loved it when we got our chance to talk with Volkanovsky. Jake, who wins the fight?
4: I hope I'm wrong, but... Volkanovsky's not getting it done, unfortunately. I think Islam's going to do the same thing he did the first time. I think he's going to squeak out a close decision. Plus 150 Islam by decision. I'm going to touch it. Part of this is me actually believing Islam is just a little bit too much, a little bit too big for Volk. And then another part of this is, as BT loves, my heart insurance, right? I really want Volk to win this fight, so I'm going to bet against him in case he loses. I don't know, man. It's just, it's a tough, tough task. And Volkanovsky is the guy. If anyone's gonna do it to get it done, but I just don't think so, man. I don't think so.
1: I'm not sure if I know exactly what the definition of intestinal fortitude is, but I'm pretty sure Alexander Volkanovsky's got a lot of it. Like he is his headstrong, both physically, in the case of when Ortega tried to squeeze his head off, and the actual sense like that. He's just a he's a solid guy just taking this fight, knowing the risk, trying to be the double champion, having the rematch, taking the loss the way he did the first time. I mean, because of all that, I'm gonna do it again. I'm going back to the well. I bet it the first time. Thought I got screwed. Not screwed. Not screwed. It was a close fight. I'm a little bit upset about it. I'm gonna do it again. And I think Volkanovski. Just because I told you that Johnny Walker's gonna knock him out, and Trevor Peek's gonna knock him out, and Uzman's gonna knock him out. Right now, at the end of the show, I'm gonna tell you Alexander Volkanovski is gonna knock out Islam Makhachev on Saturday night. You can get plus five fifty. And I don't think I'm going to parlay these boys, even though I like to get parlayed on a Saturday night. If you were to parlay Volkanovski by knockout, and Usman by knockout, and Johnny Walker by knockout, and put ten bucks on it, you know what you'd have? A boatload of money. Maybe I'll do it. It'd be fun. That's it for the show. Thanks to Marcel Dorf, Jake Nowak,er and as always, my co-host Brendan Tobin. I'm merely the Sports Machine, Sean Levine. We'll catch up with you next week right here on Tapped Out.